Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. In funny happenings in my house at the, uh, the breakfast table, Lorraine, a mystery has funny furry happenings or just general happenings? Funnily enough, it could be fur. It is furry related. We had furry love last week, furry which I love. found a bit odd and didn't know if it was code for something. Well, this is what's been happening. So Neil likes to be very organised in the morning. So he gets all his vitamins and minerals out and pops them on the breakfast table. <laughs> and then he goes off for God. his run and then, you know, come back, shower, get changed, sit down and have breakfast. Okay. Probably too much information there, but it is important. Anyway, one of his special tablets was going missing that he'd been laying out on the kitchen table. The fish oil, the fish oil, the omega's been going missing between him putting it down and going out for a run. You know where this is going. Listen, you're not telling me Margot that cat <laughs> looked at the lineup. Yes. And went for the fish oil. Is that true? She went for the fish oil. It's true. And the reason, so it went on for a few canine. days. He was very confused. Evil canine? Evil feline? Evil canine. Feline, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, who knows what Margot is? Well, I know. She's a special species all of her own. Yes, she'd been uh, taking it off the kitchen table, popping down and having a little munch on the fish oil. So, you see, all these things she has are just different ways of extending her life expectancy, just to annoy you, I would say. Welcome to Postcards from Midlife. I'm Lorraine Candy. And I'm Trish Halpin. If you're living in a hormonal hothouse, feeling a bit overwhelmed and in need of some positive, uplifting and comforting guidance on how to lead a more magnificent midlife, then this is the show for you. We chat to celebrities and experts on all things midlife, from menopause and perimenopause to parenting teens, via fashion, beauty, wellness, nutrition, fitness, careers, relationships, caring for elderly relatives and your finances. Yes, we ask experts and famous guests all the questions you need answered to have a happier, healthier and more harmonious second act. Here we are, three episodes into this new season. And um, you know what we've forgotten to do, don't you? The list of things we've forgotten to do, <laughs> Trish, because of the brain fog is yes. immense. Was it? Is it put the recycling out? Mm, no, 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 not that one. Is it mention my new book, which is out in May? Oh, yes, no? yes. No, we're going to be, there'll be a lot of mentions of that yeah. coming up, won't there? Is it talk about Margot's impending demise? Because she can't have much longer left. Now she's your oldest, longest living pet. Well, with all that fish oil, stealing of the fish oil, yes. I'm, not, I'm not sure. No, we've forgotten to do our geography quiz. <laughs> where I test your knowledge of some of the fabulous and far-flung places our listeners are tuning in from and as well as joining up um, to our private Facebook group from all over the world. Brace yourself, listeners, for that excitement. Now, if I put my uh, psychotherapist hat on here, Trish, you like the geography quiz, don't mm, you? And I, I think do. that's because you want to show what a numpty I am when it comes <laughs> to geography. But let, let's not forget, I got a B 
in O-level geography and you got to see. So um, obviously I've forgotten absolutely everything I learned mm-hmm. back in 1904. Anyway, this is a humble brag as well, isn't it? Because yeah. our little podcast is so well-traveled now. It's sort of far and wide, isn't it? Far away then, Trish. Come on, I'm ready. You're ready. Okay. All right. I'm going to start off with some what I think are fairly easy ones and then I'll get on to the, uh, the mouth manglers uh, later, which is where my humiliation <laughs> Come in. Get these right. <laughs> right. Are you ready? Oh, I'm ready. Austin. Texas. Yay. Yay. Penarth. Oh, that sounds somewhere in Wales, maybe? Yes, I'll give you that. It's in the Vale of Glamorgan. Nairobi. Oh, now, see. <laughs> that should be an easy one. I don't know. That's further south than Cornwall, isn't it? And Nairobi. on another continent, possibly. <laughs> yes. Somewhere yes. in Africa, I don't know. Yes. Egypt, oh no. Oh. Where is it? I'm just going to have to put you out of your misery. Kenya. I think you might struggle with this next one. Hobart. Oh, that's in New Zealand. Tasmania. Tasmania. Well done. Well recovered. I've been there. You have. It's very nice. Yeah, I've been there. Yeah, I got an Antarctic trip there. Yes. A trip to Antarctica there. Yeah, like Hobart. How exciting. We've got listeners in Hobart. We've got listeners in Hobart. We've also got listeners in Ljubljana. Where is that? Russia. No. No. <laughs> Scotland. East, east, yes. It's Slovenia. And then this one, I quite like this one. Tagot, spelt T-A-G-O-A-T. Tagot. Where is Tagot? Don't know, Trish. Do I, <laughs> why do I need to know these things? It's like maths. I don't need to know that either. Well, we have listeners there, members of the Facebook group. So we do need to do these things. That's in Wexford in Ireland, County Wexford in oh. Ireland, you see. There we are. Quite like that. Have we said it right, though? That's We're going to get a load of letters now from people. We're not making fun. We're just ignorant. We just don't know how to say things. <laughs> humble bragging um should we do a little bit more because i think we should share a couple of the really lovely messages we've had from listeners so let's start from joe who is in melbourne australia yes bingo well done spot on top marks mrs candy joe says i've been listening to you for a couple of weeks now 48 episodes in what 48 episodes in two weeks (laughs) that's That's three a day joe (laughs) i know the hell have you got nothing else to do how are you getting anything done if you're listening to this Drivel three times a day. <laughs> Wait for it. She's got more to say, and I think you'll like this. Joe says, I feel so much more confident in who I am. Your podcast is amazing. Thank oh. you. I love you both. Isn't that nice? Oh, that is nice. Oh. Yeah. No hugging. <laughs> I'm speechless. And some members of our lovely group are finding us because um, doctors and therapists are recommending yes. it. We're becoming officially recommended. It's pretty mm. amazing, isn't it? We had one lovely 20-something join this week to support her mum. Can you, ima- can you imagine yes. that, Trish? One of your daughters joining a midlife Facebook group to support you. Well, it's very powerful, mm. that community there, isn't it? Yes, exactly. I don't think that's going to happen. But it all ties in, doesn't it, with what we were talking about last week about the power of relationships and friendships and that being happy in life is really all about the other people in your life and the networks and communities you build and become part of. Um, And then Jeannie, who joined the group, she's 53, by the way, she told us that she went through menopause at age 30, which was tough because she had no children. And she says, I had to communicate to heal properly. It's good to talk with people of similar ages who share lots of experiences along the way, which is why I look forward to being part of this group. 
Well, welcome in, Jeannie. It's really lovely um, to hear that and lovely to hear all the messages that we get posted on the Facebook group and on the threads there. We do like hearing from you. We are in the group and we do reply whenever we can and we are absolutely listening. We're particularly keen to know who's coming to meet us in May at our Postcards from Midlife Live Festival. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, That's on May the 20th and May the 19th um, and we will be posting kind of continually as we get the speakers and as we get all the subject matters and all the questions we're going to answer for you, we'll be popping all of that on the Facebook group. So do come and join. You just have to answer three very simple questions and say that you will abide by Trisha's rules. <laughs> and you might as well just say yes to that under everything because she's the boss. Yes. Well, you don't abide with, with them all the time, do you? But uh, I, tr- I try my best anyway. So should we tell everyone what's in store today? Because we're going to be jibber-jabbering about our cultural highlights, the films, TV shows, podcast websites that will be getting us through this dreary old winter into the sunlit uplands of spring. And our guest interview uh, will be all about food and our menstrual cycles. Um, I think you probably better explain <laughs> the link between those two things, Lorraine. Yeah, I'm going to step in before you start singing because I felt... Mm. It's coming, isn't it? It's coming on. Yes. There, brace yourselves, listeners. So today we have nutritional therapist Lanise Brothers. Um, She has done a huge amount of work in the field of nutrition and your menstrual cycles. She's written a book, she's got a podcast, and what she'll be talking about is how diet can affect hormones, how hormones affect diet, um, and how she discovered all of this when she overcame really terrible periods. And I know that's something we talk about a lot in midlife because mm. they can really change as you get older. She's also going to be giving us advice on weight loss too, um, if that's something you're struggling with. But listen, you know, I'm just preparing you. Lenise is from Canada. You know where that is, don't you, Lorraine? It's at the top, isn't it, of something? Yeah. Yeah, the top, the top. Well, it's our first Culture Club of 2023 in our jibber-jabber section. You do know the rules, Lorraine. I know you think yes, I'm bossy, sir. but books are off limits because we have a book club special coming up, don't we? We do. We do a monthly book club special. This time we've got the amazing Jane Fallon uh, mm. novelist on. She's written 10 bestsellers. Ooh. I think it's something like 5 million books worldwide oh now. Goodness. She's just amazing. She's a special guest in a couple of weeks' time. So listen out for that. She's She's coming on and we're also going to be recommending our favourite reads. There's some great new books out and we'll be talking to Jane about how she writes her novels, what inspires her. Also possibly living with um, Ricky Gervais, the comedian, Mm. and her cat Pickle. Cat features quite a lot on her social media. Are you going to be as rude about Pickle as you are about Margot to Jane? I bet you're not, are you? Oh, I'm going to have to think about that, (laughs) aren't I? Because I'm generally anti-feline, all felines, isn't it? Yes, yes. Are you bossing me around again, Trish? I am bossing you, telling you not to talk about books today. No, I'm not going to, but okay. you're a little competitive and I know what you're doing. You're going to, uh, you predicted the big Oscar yes. win, didn't you? Last time we did a culture club. Mm, yes, I think you'll find it. Well, it hasn't won the nominations. No, basically. it was I who recommended The Banshees of Inish Erin, which is up for no less than nine Oscar nominations, including all the biggies, best picture, best actor, best blah, 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 and best supporting actress, I think, for the lovely Kerry Condon, who I yeah. particularly admire. Um, any of your recommendations making it? to award season well 
I do feel I mentioned everything everywhere all at once. No, you didn't. <laughs> well, no, I had didn't. four people send me uh, notes saying you have to watch this when it first came out. Yes. But, um, it is magnificent, that one. And Michelle Yeoh is nominated uh, for an Oscar for Best Actress. And she is 60. There's a really oh. big bunch of women over 40 Yay. nominated this time, which is really great. Anyway. What little uh, cultural jewels have you got up your little thermal sleeve for me today? Because <laughs> I have got a thermal sleeves on. Yes, no, I'm cold have, in I this. Know you have, yeah. The heating's off. Got to have uh, have the thermals on. Right. Okay. First up, theatre. A little life. There's a theatre adaptation of Hanya Yanagihara's blockbuster novel, which is all about. Mm. Do you remember it? Friendship, sexual abuse, and self harm. And it, uh, the cast includes Amari Douglas. Do you remember him? He was Roscoe yeah. in It's a Sin, and James Norton. Now James Norton's been keeping us uh, transfixed, hasn't he? In Happy Valley um, at the moment. Yes, that's been great. Now listen, I've got a, a slight dilemma. It's not really a dilemma. My friend booked tickets for us, so she didn't tell me she booked tickets. She was so excited. James Norton, etc. But the thing is, I didn't actually enjoy the book. <laughs> Do you know, I was going to say, it's oh, the, one of the few books I stopped yes. reading. I found it so violent and upsetting oh, and gory. Exactly. Yeah. It's a piece of extraordinary writing. Yes. But I just couldn't physically deal with um, some of the flashback scenes and the oh, self-harming. Yes. And it the, was just It misery. is quite violent, isn't yeah. it? I mean, but yeah. I'm quite good with a, you, normally with a big dollop of misery. People loved it, though. They absolutely loved it. Those who liked it are kind of really engaged with it. Yeah. So I think we'll, ha- we'll have to see how it goes because it's over three hours long. Where's that one? <laughs> that is on at the Harrible Pinter Theatre in London from the 25th of March till the 18th of June. I suppose I could probably try to look at James Norton for three hours. It might not be that difficult. Yes. <laughs> the old character he plays, really. <laughs> mm. Okay, so that's my first one. What about you? I will report back after I've seen it. Oh, my God. Reviews as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Reviews and tips. I've got something that's on Channel 4, which you can watch now with the uh, newsreader, John Snow, who is now 75. He's amazing, yes. Channel 4 newsreader. We all love him. He is presenting How to Live to 100. Right. Now, I've watched the first one and I was kind of very gripped because I had a week of um, the death maths. Oh, you. Always. It's there. We need some therapy for this, I think. We need some therapy. I don't think you want to watch more TV shows about it, surely. Anyway, what he has done, he's gone to Greece, Japan, California, and he's spoken to communities that live a lot longer Mm. than the average age of life, uh, as it were. And what is it they're doing? What are their secrets? So he went to Ikaria in Greece, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. They live 10 years longer than the global average okay. there. And it's not just what they're eating and what their their kind of slower lifestyle, being outside, beautiful sunshine, sunshine, all of that. Yep. It's an incredibly poor community. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's the connectedness of them. It's mm. really lovely to watch. It's the fact that they all know the generations before and that they don't really have any old people left without anyone looking after them. So you don't need mm. to be related to people. So it's really the attitude towards the elderly. He also talks to the Seventh-day Adventists in the States, oh, Trish. okay. Right. Who, I mean, most of America does not live longer than most of the world. <laughs> um, but this tiny, tiny community where they, everyone is a member of a gym, they yes. all get up. It's quite a good Aww. watch. Anyway, I think it's worth having a look at. So it's How to Live to 100 on Channel 4. If it helped you with your um, existential crisis. Then, then we'll we'll allow we'll allow it. I'll allow it. And I love John Snow. Yes, right. What okay. else you got for me? Well, telly? this is going to involve a bit of singing. Are you ready? Or humming? 
Go you on. ready? Because I'm going to make you guess. Right, what is this the theme tune to? Dang, 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 dang. know this. Go on. Crossroads. Yes. Yeah. Crossroads. Come on. I love it. This is a TV show uh, called Nolly, which is written by Russell T. Davis, our favourite. Uh, it's a three-part drama based on the life of Noel Gordon, who played Meg Mortimer on the soap mm. opera Crossroads. She was the owner, wasn't she, of said Crossroads uh, motel? Matriarch. Matriarch. But Helena Bonham Carter is playing her, and Mark Gatiss pops up as well. I love him. He pops up as her friend Larry Grayson. Shut that door. Shut that door, exactly. That so door. I think that's that's an absolute must-watch, and that's on ITVX coming this month. And Noel Gordon, actually, the actress was one because they fired her, didn't they? They, they very did. famously yes. fired her for being sixty, basically for being oh, old, even though she was yeah. incredibly popular. But the yes. show producers, all men said that people didn't want to watch women oh, who were older. God. And she really made a massive fuss. She went on a very famous I think it was Russell Hart Russell or something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, she went on the show, didn't she? Say, and yes. then he said, "What?" And I gather you're leaving Crossroads. And he, she said, "No, I've been fired." Yeah. <laughs> we need a few more women Don't go like quietly. That, don't That's the message. Don't okay. go quietly. Right. I hope you've got something jolly on your list next, not something miserable. No. Mm. <laughs> I've got something miserable coming after my oh, something great. jolly. Good. I look forward to that. Go on. <laughs> um, I uh, I've gone a bit militant this week. There is a podcast called The Broad Experience. Um, it's produced by a journalist, 52-year-old woman called Ashley Milne-Tite. Um, and I just stumbled upon it because someone recommended it to me and I just, I just stumbled upon it while I was pottering around last week. It's conversations about careers, mm-hmm. women's careers, basically. Um, and it's been going since 2014. She's a bit of a what? pioneer, Ashley. Right. And I was We've listening. That. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. We've missed this. How have we mm, missed this? I was, uh, it's an independent podcast. Probably that's how we missed it. So she does it all entirely on her own. I was listening to Age and Possibility, uh, where she interviews a career expert in her 60s about what she's learnt um, from mm. her 40s onwards. And she also talks to um, a woman in her 50s. It's just really good on what you encounter at work, how to deal with it, lots of personal stories. I'm looking forward, actually, to listening to the rest, but it's the Broad Experience Career Podcast. I think okay. it's worth dipping into because so many of us are changing um, as we age, our jobs and careers. And one of the things the uh, 60-year-old expert points out is that you may well end up in a career you absolutely had no idea you were going to do. Mm. You couldn't have written it down at the beginning Podcasting. of your original yes. career. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> Maybe that's why I was drawn to it, podcasting. Ooh, okay. Yeah, so, yeah, and it's basically stay open to those ideas, stay open yeah. to that, can be curious about things you probably think you might not do, but actually might be able to do really mm. well. And I've really enjoyed it. It's only 20 minutes as well. So. Well, you might have to do... Do a Joe and do three three or four a day to catch up because you've got eight years' worth to catch up. Like Joe's yeah. listened to 48 episodes of Postcards in two weeks. <laughs> Goodness. Right. Well, maybe what she you should got? go and see this film instead. So I've got, I've okay. got a film um, for my uh, last pick and it's called The Sun. And it is by the same um, director – uh, who did The Father. Did you watch that last year with um, Anthony Hopkins and Olivia Colman? We oh watch entirely different films. We do, but that's probably quite good for this, yeah. isn't it? But yeah. it's such a beautiful film and Anthony Hopkins, I think he, don't know whether he won it or he um, was certainly nominated for an Oscar mm. playing an uh, uh, Alzheimer's. Anyway, da, 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 da. this is called The Sun and it's got Hugh Jackman, the fabulous Hugh Jackman in it. 
He's playing a high-flying lawyer um, who is on a second marriage and then his troubled teen from his first marriage comes to stay with him and um, the situation descends into a bit of a nightmare and you've got Laura Dern playing the ex-wife, Vanessa Kirby playing the new wife and there's parenting, step-parenting and it's all about how can we really know our children. So I think that's probably going to resonate and be useful for a lot of our audience. So if there's a bit of misery in it, I think I might be up for that. But I think it'll be quite emotional, maybe a little bit overwhelming like the father was. But um, that's out on the 10th of February. So I will definitely be popping down to the cinema to watch that. I've gone a bit left field on my next choice. Is Is it miserable again? Well, it's not miserable. Um, mm. It's basically for non-domesticated people like yes. me. So no, you've got Nigella Lawson at one end and then you've got me at the other end of mm. the domesticated um, scale here. I was looking at the gentle art of Swedish death clearing. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's been a week, Trish. What? It's been a week. <laughs> this is Culture Club, remember, things yes. to look forward to. Well, this to is about decluttering. I was thinking right. of decluttering okay. because okay. you and I have talked about it and we're probably going to do a whole episode on decluttering. This is decluttering of life, decluttering in January, all of that. And I was thinking, what's an easy way to do some decluttering? Who can possibly help me out here? So via my Swedish art of uh, death clearing uh, because in sweden they clear everything out before they die but what is it it's a book no it's not a book well that's a book but um it's in sweden they clear stuff out before you go so that you don't have to do it you don't your relatives don't have to do it yes but is this what is this a film a tv show no listen listen oh okay sorry i'm rushing me rushing me so via that i found a new website which i think our listeners would like it's called the spruce.com s-p-r-u-c-e which is literally full of fantastic advice. Mm. Day-to-day, normal, ordinary advice. Mm. It's got the nine filthiest place in your kitchen, how to clean them. Right. <laughs> Why you should be using vinegar in your laundry. Okay. Um, and it just tells you all the new stuff that's coming up. And I thought we don't often recommend a website, but it's actually really, really useful. And also it does point you in the direction. It does its interiors as well, really lovely interiors of instant points you in the direction of Instagram people to follow. So I have found it this week quite cheering and very, okay. very useful okay. culturally. And I mean, they do... Culturally, look at, mm, I'm going to call you out on that one. That's no. not culture. That's practical advice. It's not culture club. Well, I, I think, think the rules helpful. have been broken. They've the been rules broken. have been... <laughs> I should go outside and thwack the back of my legs with a twig now to make up for that, Trish. I think you need to because that isn't culture. That's that's advice. But anyway, very useful advice. Thank you for that. And I'm going to give a quick final mention because um, I'd like everybody to go and see things by previous podcast guests that we've had oh, yeah. on the show. And then you can go back and listen to our interview. So Kate Moss, the fabulous writer, has a, a tour on the 28th of February to the 12th of April, which is inspired by her latest book called Warrior Queens and Quiet Revolutionaries. I okay. think that will be a good thing to go and see. And then Miriam Taves, the fantastic um, author, novelist. The film of her book, Women Talking, is finally out. It stars Rooney Mara, Claire Foy and Jessie Buckley. um, And it's inspired by the story of women in a remote Mennonite community in Bolivia. Um, And it's going to be gripping. That's out on the 10th of February. Well, we did interview her. She was amazing. I have got some final... Go on then. And they are culture. See, this is why these are different from from why I'm so different from Mm. you. Listen to this. Pamela Anderson. Oh, the Netflix doc is out. Pamela, yes. a love story. Can't yes. wait to see that. 
Uh, this has been out a while, and I just think everyone will like this. Hacks on Netflix with oh, Jean Smart. Yeah. She's a comedian. She plays a comedian. She used to be Fraser's girlfriend, possible wife. I think they nearly married. She was the mm-hmm. really loud one. She was his childhood sweetheart, the prom queen. She is so good in that. Luther is coming back on oh. Netflix. Trish. And there's a, f- there's a film of it coming, I, I know. believe. Mm. And Sharon Horgan has written something which comes on Sky in April, Dreamland with Francis Barber. And actually Lily Allen is in that. So that's going to be amazing. Excellent. And then I'm going to pop one last thing, which I think every person of our generation must watch because it's just, it's short, but it's really, really beautiful. It's the uh, Three Salons by the Seaside, the BBC player. It's a documentary they found, um, which follows the life of three um, hairdressing salons. And it's, it's it's just poignant, moving lovely it's set in blackpool and when you say they found it so it was set in when when is it when was it filmed well it was filmed in um the 80s oh, brilliant. Um, but brilliant. the yes. bbc had had it for ages and ages never and, and never run it and oh. it's just such a sweet little look at women's lives um then i really really enjoyed it so that's a big old nostalgia noodle isn't it okay then shall we bring in our guest now Our guest today is here to help you understand how your hormones affect what you eat and how what you eat affects your hormones as you age. We know you like a nutritionist on this show, so we've got a real treat today. It's time to meet Lenise Brothers, who specialises in helping women with their menstrual cycles. Canadian Lenise, who also teaches yoga, started her career in advertising. She retrained as a nutritional therapist and set up her practice Eat Love Move after using diet and lifestyle changes to improve her heavy and painful periods, to conquer her irritable bowel syndrome, and to alleviate her depression. She helps clients lose weight, relieve PMT, reduce bloating, and cope with issues ranging from fibroids, endometriosis, and irregular periods. She's the author of You Can Have a Better Period, a practical guide to calmer and less painful periods, and she also hosts a podcast called Period Story. She's a 43-year-old mum of a nine-year-old son and lives in West London with her partner. Lenise says, when women get to perimenopause, they are often dealing with huge changes in their menstrual cycle and are overwhelmed. They don't realise there are many easy changes they can make after a little re-education that will help them feel better. We're going to be asking Lenise how we should be eating as our hormones fluctuate, how we deal with that frustrating midlife middle, why some of us feel tired all the time, and how diet can affect menopause and perimenopause. Welcome to Postcards from Midlife, Lenise. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Well, you are one of our younger guests at 43, um, but your personal experience of how your hormones have um, affected you over your life is really relevant, I think, to our listeners. Can you tell us your journey and what it taught you about food and hormones? Yeah, so it's really interesting because I think when the work that you're doing is relevant to your experience, it gives you an even greater passion um, for what you do. My experience is it started quite young, actually. So when I first got my period, it was incredibly painful. It was very heavy. And knowing what I know now, I suspect that I have a very mild form of endometriosis. And what I realized over the years through a lot of trial and error is that the food that I ate and what I was drinking with alcohol and other things um, had a really significant effect on 
my well-being, physical and mental, and affected me hormonally. And so when I did a lot of tweaking, I could see that my periods were becoming less painful, that I felt much more on an even keel emotionally as well. And what it's really taught me is that we have three opportunities every day to add in foods that can make a really positive impact on our health and our hormones. You mean at mealtimes? In real time, yeah. How does your diet then affect your hormones as you age? So many women go into perimenopause, so that's the 10 or 12 years before menopause, in their very early 40s. So what, what's actually happening? Because at the same time, our periods become really irregular. Some women get incredibly heavy periods. Some women have massive gaps between periods. So what's actually going on in, in perimenopause and menopause? Because you do talk to, you have a lot of clients of that age group, don't you? Yeah, I do. Um, it's really interesting because I think there's this, this idea that you, you hit the menopause and then that's it. And what I'm seeing is that there's a, a lot more understanding that's happening around perimenopause and actually how long it can be. And what's interesting is that when you dig into the nuances of perimenopause and like actually talking about the four phases of perimenopause, you start to see like bulbs going off in women's head where, you know, they, they see in that kind of late thirties to early forties that they used to have really some, most women, what I see is they've had regular periods, barring any kind of conditions like endo or PCOS. And then suddenly their late 30s and their 40s, things start to change. Maybe their menstrual cycle used to be 30 days consistently. All of a sudden is like 29 or 28. And for some women, and especially the type A types, that's that can throw them off massively, that one little change. When you say type A, you mean alpha women. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Looking at you, Trish. No, looking at you, Lorraine, I think. <laughs> I mean, you are. You feel sure. out of control. You think, I've, I had a grip on this. What the hell is going on now? Yeah, exactly. So that's the first phase, so that very early perimenopause, where you see those slight changes. And then what happens is that you then move into the next phase where periods, they start to become irregular. And you're not necessarily ovulating every menstrual cycle. And you need to ovulate in order to make progesterone. And so that's where some of the mood issues can come in. Right, the anxiety. The anxiety, the kind of the panic. Is that a form of PMT then in that case? Well, PMT is kind of like a catch-all term. Yeah. And when I talk about PMT... I like to kind of dig in to see, well, what is actually, what, what are we actually talking about? Are we talking about premenstrual depression, premenstrual anxiety, premenstrual bloating? Because once you dig into a little, a little deeper into that, it's more helpful because you can be more specific in what you recommend rather than using this kind of catch-all term. But that lack of ovulation or irregular ovulation really hits us from a mood perspective. It also affects the sleep. But what's interesting is that you're in your mid-40s and it's almost like you're hitting your stride. You know, you feel like, okay, I've got my career sorted. I know what I'm doing. And then all of a sudden you have these changes and it can really throw you off. And then you're dealing with other things like if you have children, they're growing up, you're dealing with all of their issues. 
physical or emotional <laughs> i'm laughing because my son is nine and you're kind of navigating bullying and how to be a good friend and all of that but then also on the other side aging parents you know dealing yeah. with that as well so you're you know you're dealing with that and then you have these changes to your period and it can affect you in so many different ways also sleep is something i haven't mentioned you see changes there because progesterone has such an impact on the quality of our sleep. So then you move into your late perimenopause. And this is where you start to have really long menstrual cycles where you could feel like, oh, three months has gone by and where's my period? And then you're, well, you're no periods, very few cycles where you're ovulating. That means that there's not enough progesterone. And that can exacerbate a lot of issues because you have you don't have that balance between estrogen and progesterone and you kind of think of estrogen and progesterone almost like the seesaw that you see in the mm -hmm. playground where they're they're counterbalancing each other so you have all of a sudden you have too much estrogen and that can lead for some women to hot flashes or night sweats which is totally discombobulating waking up and you're, you're just, you're sopping and it can be really embarrassing. And then finally you have the menopause, which is only one day. It's when you haven't had a period for 12 months. And then we move into what we call menopause, but it's actually post-menopause where you're kind of, you're not making any progesterone because you're not ovulating. And then you're making a weaker form of estrogen from your fat tissue and from your adrenals, which is the tiny glands that sit on top of your kidneys. And so what you eat is so, so important to ease this transition. And, you know, it can feel very overwhelming, but there's a lot that we can do to navigate this time. Mm -hmm. um, especially if we think about what I said, this about every meal being an opportunity. Mm -hmm. So what might be some of the things if somebody's listening to this now and thinking, you know, um, I don't have time to go to a nutritionist or, or, the, or the budget, but there's three things I could do today that I could add in that will make a difference. Is, is that possible to do or does it need to be a whole program change of eating? No, no, there are simple things that you can do. You know, I often talk about going back to basics especially women in their 40s and 50s growing up in like the 80s and 90s with like all of these diets and like terrible diets <laughs> yeah, like calorie yeah. counting every five minutes yeah yeah Bridget Jones yeah yeah Bridget Jones which is crazy that she was not bad and looking back it's unbelievable but just going back to basics and just thinking about okay firstly are you eating regularly? Because what I see is women flying from meeting to meeting, task to task, and then just forgetting to eat. And you've got to the end of the day and you've eaten maybe a couple of slices of toast or your kids' leftovers. So really eating breakfast, eating lunch, eating dinner. And then when you do eat those three meals, making sure you're eating enough protein. So I think it's really interesting to talk about, well, what is protein? Because you think protein's like, oh, have a protein shake. That's no good. No, <laughs> you can, but it's really thinking about the different forms of protein. So 
if you're a vegetarian, beans, pulses, um, nuts, seeds, if you eat meat, um, if you eat fish, um, oily fish, red meat, dairy, eggs, all of those are different forms of protein. And so you're just thinking about adding enough of those foods into each meal. Because what's really powerful for women in their 40s is to be able to eat each meal and feel really full. And that fullness will take them through to the next meal, balance their blood sugar levels so they feel more emotionally on an even keel. Because there's nothing worse than eating a bunch of like, you're just grabbing Haribo and then you have that crash and it just makes you feel a bit like you're about to lose it because you just... You're hungry and you're emotional. Does does the cycle, um, because it's so irregular, affect what you will be eating at different times? Because certainly I know before perimenopause, I was incredibly regular. I could name it to the day. I didn't really get PMT. So there was no need for me to change my diet or anything. What I ate didn't really affect it because it was so normal. But afterwards, it was a kind of horrific mishmash. And, you know, you would have sugar cravings. If you've got big gaps between periods or energy's going up and down is what are we trying to eat in those times when we're low and those times when we perhaps don't need as much I mean I'm don't know what the cycle means because it when it's irregular I'd say that having this good foundation is really powerful and not feeling like you have to chop and change constantly it's this kind of you're eating I mean we could talk about intermittent fasting shortly but you're eating three regular meals and in those meals you're eating enough protein and then you're also eating enough fat and fat is really interesting again thinking about you know women who grew up in the 80s and 90s where it was all about low Mm. fat low calorie but we need fat to make hormones we need fat to support our skin you know, we get that glow when we have enough dietary fat. It supports our brain. You know, our brain is 60, 60% fat. So adding enough fat into your meals is really powerful because it also helps you feel full and feel really nourished. So like when I talk about fat, I'm talking about like salmon, mackerel, anchovies, sardines, trout, herring, haddock, avocado, red meat dairy, eggs, olive oil, coconut. There's there's lots of different Mm -hmm. options, nuts and seeds. Um, But adding in that fat is really, really important because it helps so many different aspects of our health. And in our 40s, where we're still making estrogen, we're still making progesterone, those hormones are made from fat. And so we need to have the fat in our diet in order to make those hormones. Mm So just backtracking to the teenagers and probably more specifically our teenage daughters, you know, many of our listeners will have teenage daughters and, you know, many will have issues around periods. And I always get frustrated because, you know, they're taught in school, oh, you have a 28 day cycle. They're never taught about if their cycles are irregular, what kind of things they might have. But it's also very difficult to talk to teenage daughters about food, isn't it? Because to, you know, 
we know what you're saying. If you could talk to your daughter about that and convince her to eat the eat some fats, eat some oily fish, but they're just not going to do it. It's very difficult. How do we support our daughters during the teenage years with their eating and their cycles? Yeah. So uh, yeah, I hear you. It is really difficult because they're figuring themselves out who they are. They have lots of different influences. And I think what's really powerful for parents is to be an example and always to make make sure that the breakfast is something really nourishing, lunch, dinner, everything is always really nourishing and making it something that is a, it's almost like a non-negotiable, you're not forcing them to eat, but it's something that you're doing as a family. So Mm -hmm. the family dinners, and at least you know that it's breakfast or dinner, they're having at least two great meals every day. And it's not about hiding food or, you know, doing like hidden veg, which you might do with toddlers. It's just about presenting the food without judgment and Mm. showing them that, you know, you're eating, there's no conversation about weight loss or weight gain. It's just food being something that's quite nourishing and also the pleasure of eating together and eating as a family. And then those conversations about periods. What I think is really interesting is that if we move it away from talking about periods to talking about what they can learn from their entire menstrual cycle and how they might feel tired during their period, but their energy will rise afterwards and they can harness that energy in lots of different aspects of their life. So if they're, you know, say they do cross country or hockey or something like that, they might feel more energetic during ovulation or, you know, after they finish their period during ovulation, they might notice that they feel more social. If they fancy someone, you know, if you're willing to have that conversation. (laughs) It's unavoidable. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Then they'll probably feel more confident. Mm. Um, around ovulation. So kind of reframing the conversation to talk about the benefits of having a menstrual cycle, you know, anywhere between 21 to 35 days is normal. Um, It's not about a 28 day cycle. Mm -hmm. I think something like only 7% of people with a a menstrual cycle have a 28 day cycle. Yeah, I've just been talking about that with my 11-year-old who's, yeah, it's that, yeah. It's interesting, isn't it? Because we don't really talk about the cycle. We just talk about those days of the period. Should we be having supplements, do you think, both as teenagers or as perimenopausal women? I think supplements can be helpful, but we don't want to take them kind of just willy-nilly as in, oh, this person is taking this, so maybe I'd take it. I think there are a few supplements that, can be really helpful for many people. So vitamin D. So we know that during the winter months, so between November to March, the NHS actually recommends that people in the UK take a vitamin D supplement. Vitamin D is really, really important for uh, not only our immune system, but it's also important for our mental health. It also supports healthy ovulation. And when you're ovulating regularly, it has a positive effect on your mood, your energy levels, your sleep. So that's one that I think could be really interesting. But it's always about getting your levels checked because vitamin D is a hormone. 
What what do you take just out of interest? Because when you go into the chemist, it's like you can buy 500 mil, 800 mil, 900 mil. And, and I've just recommended to my eldest daughter that she takes some vitamin D, but um, she takes to me back saying, which one? <laughs> yeah, that's a great question. There is a brand that I love um, and I use personally. Uh, it's called Better You. And you can get it in like in the supermarkets and the chemist and you spray it on the inside of your cheek. Right. Interesting. Yeah. It goes straight into the bloodstream. Um, so you get greater benefit. Um, and they have a kid version and then they have they have an adult version as well with different dosages. But I think that's a great, great supplement that actually can make make a real difference. I think a lot of us are vitamin D deficient, but we don't realize it. We just think that being tired is is a kind of normal. Is that the one as well, Nice, that comes with K2? So yes. it helps. So you need vitamin D with K2. Is that yes. right? To help, It helps it absorb, I believe. Yes, because vitamin D is really important for bone health as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so vitamin D and vitamin K2, they help with healthy bones, which is yeah. very big concern as you move into your 40s and beyond. Of course, yes, for osteoporosis. Now, the other big concern that we need to talk about, of course, is the the midlife weight gain because... The muffin top. The muffin top. Here it comes, we say. Here comes the muffin top. It's a perennial subject for us because, uh, you know, we just know so many women struggle with it. So what is going on? How do we sort it out? Yeah, so this is a really interesting one because what I find is that we have these changes that happen in our in our 40s and what works in your 20s and 30s isn't necessarily going to work in your 40s and thinking about what we may have learned in our 20s and 30s calorie counting which i never recommend because it's just so Stupid. arbitrary mm-hmm. yeah and it's very it has a mental weight which i don't think is helpful i always say go back to basics so I talked about protein. I talked about fat. We also look at fiber and greens. So really looking at those four areas and how, how the composition of your, your plate. And it's not about what you're taking out. It's about what you're adding in. And so your every meal feels really not only tasty, but really nourishing and filling so that you eat your breakfast and you're ready to eat your lunch three to four hours later. You're not kind of grabbing, you know, the grazing. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So the muffin top, this might be a little controversial, but what I'll say is that having a little fat around the waist can actually be helpful. Now I'm not saying that like we should expect to have like a big belly, but like a little fat can actually be helpful because we make hormones from that fat tissue. We make a form of estrogen, estrone from that fat tissue. So it's the body trying to adapt to these hormonal changes, making less estrogen from the ovaries. And this is actually where after you finish you having periods, so you have you've gone through the menopause and you're postmenopausal, where Intermittent fasting can be really interesting, but I always, when I talk about this, I always give the caveat that if you have a history of disordered eating or you have an eating disorder, 
this is never something that you should right, entertain. Yeah. It's a worry, isn't it, all this talk of fasting in, when women have been through quite a lot in their lives before around eating? When you're having a menstrual cycle, even when you're perimenopausal, I would approach this with caution because all of the studies on intermittent fasting have been done on men. There's been very few studies done on women who are cycling. And I personally don't think that it's beneficial to... So for example, if you're doing intermittent fasting where you're eating in a a window that starts from like 10 a.m. to say 7 p.m., you wake up and you wake up at 6 a.m., you have four hours where you haven't eaten, but you also, in the morning, your cortisol levels, they naturally rise. And when we eat something and we expose our eyes to light, that helps our cortisol levels naturally normalize. But when we don't eat, we still have these high cortisol levels. So cortisol being our primary stress hormone. And that can send people, some women, especially if they're already kind of High strung. <laughs> All right, Trish. <laughs> I'm, I'm not giving you. She's on mute. I'm not look. giving. I'm on mute. No, I'm not giving you funny looks. I'm not giving you any side eye there, Lorraine. But um, one thing on the intermittent fasting, though, because we had Professor Tim Spector on the show, and he was saying it's but not not from a weight loss point of view because he's never really approaching this. It, it's quite good for the gut to have a bit of a break overnight. So that's more giving the gut a break, isn't it? Than yeah, you know, not getting, you know, reducing your calories as it were. Yeah. And I think most of us, we do fast because if you say you wake up at seven, you have your breakfast and you have your dinner, say seven, eight o'clock, yeah. and you don't eat any snacks after that, you've had an overnight fast. And then if you're having gaps in between meals, that's a natural fast during the day, that is really, really helpful because eating and then digesting is a really like hard metabolic process. It uses a lot of energy. And if we're constantly snacking, I know the advice say like 10 years ago was to have six small meals a day, but you're never giving your digestive system a break. Mm -hmm. And from a hormonal perspective, it's really important to have those breaks and again, from a gut health perspective, it's really important to have those breaks. So intermittent fasting, it can be really interesting, but in a really, in a planned, planned way. So looking more at like eating windows. So say 7 a.m. to 7 p.m., a 12-hour read eating window where you're eating three really great quality meals. You're eating enough and you're really focused on making the most of every single meal. And when you're eating, you're connecting with your hunger cues and you're connecting with the cues around fullness. So you know, okay, I've eaten enough. I feel full. I feel great. And then when you get to the next meal, it's okay, I feel hungry. And then you're ready to eat. So it's a different way of thinking about intermittent fasting rather than fasting, I'm not eating. It's looking at how to increase the quality 
of the meals when you do eat. Yeah, and that that's um, a really good way to think about it, and maybe to start the process of stopping snacking. But a lot of people who snack are emotion are emotional eaters, aren't yes. they? They're eating, yes, they're they snacking because there's yeah. something. <laughs> Yeah. because there's something else maybe going on how is that right and how how do you stop snacking when the death mass grips me i reach oh. for the hobnobs yeah That's you think what oh, happens doesn't, i think doesn't well i'm gonna die anyway in the next 20 years so i might as well have 28 hobnobs now and a piece of cheese how do i stop doing that so i think firstly it's not about feeling any guilt or castigating yourself when you have a snack because you know, there's an emotional side to eating. And if you see a pack of hobnobs and say, okay, I want one, it's about <laughs> having that biscuit, but also enjoying it. You know, there's a difference between inhaling a whole sleeve of hobnobs <laughs> and, and, <laughs> and having a couple, but really like enjoying them, you know, enjoying the like the chocolate flavor, or maybe you have the ones with caramel, which are really nice. Yes, <laughs> really, <laughs> really kind of getting that pleasure out of food because around cravings and hunger, it's very layered, the conversation, because it's, you, have you eaten enough? Did you eat enough at your last meal? Are you still hungry? Are you looking for energy? Because sometimes snacking, especially snacking that involves sugar, is about propping up energy levels. Have you slept enough? Because when we don't get enough sleep, one of the things that the body does is uses sugar to help prop up energy levels. Is it, an, is it emotional? So are you using food as a way to help you feel better? Because certain foods that we eat, we make serotonin after we eat them. And serotonin is our happy hormone. Is it a habit? So, you know, you're working in an office, the tea tray comes around at three o'clock. Oh, I'll have a cup of tea. Oh, there are the biscuits. You know, is this a habit that you've created? Or finally, you just want the taste of something sweet. So really like looking at those layers and really interrogating what the need is behind the craving or the snack and never punishing yourself. It's, this is not about punishment. This is just about gently understanding what the intention is behind your behaviors. I feel very soothed by that. Trish. Oh, good. <laughs> well, this isn't going to soothe you. Um, can I just ask about IBS and bloating, irritable oh, bowel yes, syndrome? Because that's, that's another... That's another little gem that we often have to find ourselves dealing with. I believe you you had issues with that as well, Denise. Yes, I did. I did. Mm -hmm. um, IBS is a really interesting one because there's an emotional element to IBS. And what happens in the gut, um, because our gut, so our large and our small intestine, they basically, they connect with our brain. So a lot of people, when they get upset, they feel it in their gut. Mm -hmm. You know, they, oh, I have a my stomach hurts. And with IBS and then bloating, sometimes it can be connected with another condition. So for example, endometriosis, a lot of times women will go to the doctor and they have something called endobelly where they get really bloated right before they get their period and they get diagnosed with um, IBS, but the doctor hasn't made the connection with the endobelly, the bloating, 
and the painful periods or the other painful symptoms that they're experiencing. So that bloating that can be, and the digestive discomfort can be part of another condition like endometriosis or even PCOS. But also kind of in the spirit of going back to basics, sometimes with bloating, it can be about the way that we eat our food. So if you think about how you eat, do you eat on the go? You know, are you grabbing a piece of toast? And eating it in the car as you do your school run. Are you chewing your food well enough? There's a resort or a retreat in Austria, Viva Mer, that talks about chewing each bite of food 40 times. 40 times, yeah. Boring. Yeah. (laughs) I never recommend that. But, you know, you're at least between five to ten times. It's not a pace, but you're taking that moment to really chew your food well, and then swallow it so it's not a big lump going down your throat. Taking a breath, slowing down. If we're eating quickly, we're not chewing our food well, that can cause bloating. And so really kind of digging a little bit deeper and looking firstly, how are you actually eating? And could that actually be causing the bloating? It's a really great place to start. Mm -hmm. So, so interestingly, what you're sort of saying, and you see, I'm sure you're hearing this from your midlife clients, is we need to take a break between our meals so our tummy can get ready for the next. Really be mindful of what we've got on the plate, and if we want to kind of lose weight, we would be reducing what the volumes of the things are on the plate. Chew our food well, and and just make sure that we're not punishing ourselves around it, isn't it? That's the main midlife message. I, I wouldn't say about it's about eating less. It's about eating enough. So you feel full. Yeah, so you feel full. So I'm never saying eat less. It's about eat enough protein, eat enough fat, and make sure that you go into the meal hungry and then yeah. you leave the meal feeling full. Yeah. That's very helpful, Lenise. You've got a lovely voice as well. I feel like I've been hypnotised into having one hobnob instead of 27. It's just, it's just, you know, women get quite depressed, I think, sometimes about uh, this stage of life and the food and the, and the weight and the eating and, and their cycle and everything. And that's really clarified it, I think, for our listeners. Oh, well, thank you so much. It's really, really helpful, for, I think, for all of us and, and for our helping our daughters too, which I think is really good. Brilliant. Thank you, Lenise. Thank you. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. 
Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Well, that was such a fascinating, reassuring, I thought, chat with Lenise, wasn't it? But we're noodling now. We've we've had a crossroads noodle already, but I feel like because we've talked about periods, we should have a periods noodle. <laughs> Nostalgia I, noodle about periods. Exactly. Off now, you go, do then, you, Trish. you remember the the full horror for the the generation we are? So this this might be relevant for some of our older listeners, but not our younger listeners. Being given a sanitary belt by yeah. your mother. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> That hooked onto two loops on a pad because they hadn't invented sticky things. I yeah. mean, quite, just quite horrific, the things we had to go through, I would say. But at least we didn't have to use rabbit fur, sheep's wool, <laughs> bits of grass. Or, yes, in Grecian times, lint wrapped around a piece of wood, a wood plug, as oh they called it. God, that imagine? must have been just delightful. Just <laughs> delightful. So I did find a very interesting nostalgia noodle about periods. So we're going to oh, have yes. about 450 periods in our life, apparently. Interesting okay. fact. But until 1972, period adverts on telly were banned. Right. Not allowed to mention it or talk specifically about periods. And the word period wasn't said in an advert until 1985. Really? Which famous celebrity do you think starred in that advert? Well, I'm going to go for Joanna Lumbly. No, no. Same age as us. Oh, same age as us. Uh, were they famous at the time? No. Young. Is it Davina McCall? Courtney Cox. Oh! <laughs> Can you believe it? She was Brilliant. the first person to star in an wow. advert, it says on, on the drum media. Um, yes. And they would know, they're the big advertising website, uh, in 1985. But it's extraordinary, Gosh. isn't it? Imagine you couldn't say period. <laughs> that is ridiculous. I mean, I was, yes. what, 17 in 1985? It's absolutely yes. mad. I found an ad actually for, um, uh, obviously for early sort of early tampons, probably in the 60s. Um, and it said, yes, if you are an unmarried woman, you can use an internal device. <laughs> oh, don't set me off <laughs> on the way women... <laughs> Oh, thank God. It's the 2020s. And thank God we don't have any periods anymore. Yes, exactly. Hurrah. Well, that brings us to the end of this week's postcards from midlife. And uh, we really hope you found it useful and helpful. The new episodes of the podcast released every Monday, wherever you get your podcasts, you can download it from. And do tell all your friends, all your midlife female friends about us, because we want as many women as possible to join in the midlife conversation, which is what our private Facebook group is all about. So if you're not a member, do come and join in the chat. Yes, you can use it to post any feedback on the topics we discuss, as well as suggestions for other things you'd like to hear talked about. There's lots of funny brain fog bloopers, family stories, bits of advice, all sorts going on. But you can also email us, of course, at hello at postcardsfrommidlife.com or pop a little message on our Instagram. Goodbye. Goodbye.